0: Hello and welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical.
1: Let's do it. Okay. Uh, First thing you should know is I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I'm now an atheist.
0: And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Also, I'm reading the new revised standard version of the Bible.
1: And I'm reading the new international version or NIV of the Bible. This is not a Christian Bible study podcast.
0: Yeah, put it down. Okay, and, just put it down.
1: It's not appropriate for chillums. Mm-mm. And or also, those of
0: weak constitution.
1: This one, well, this one's going to be like, like decently misogynistic. Okay. So just heads up on right. that one. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else we need to talk about?
0: Well, it's about the way you dress in the workplace. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is awkward territory being... Both your partner and your supervisor. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> How did we get into that arrangement? I just
0: want to say the way you dress. Seems
1: like a bad idea.
0: I think it's distracting to some of the men. And what I'd really like to do is just maintain a professional work atmosphere <laughs> where I can, you know, just.
1: Ogle me without anyone else looking mm-hmm. at me? And
0: you can date your direct superior without anyone okay, else great. looking at you or thinking. You.
1: <laughs> Perfect. I'm really glad we could work out this feminist workplace role. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about the Book of Nahum. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's, it's everybody's favorite. I it's the word on everyone's lips. That's
1: how it is.
0: We've been getting emails for weeks. <laughs> Can't wait until you do Nahum. He's my man. <laughs> I think that's how it's like
1: pronounced in America. I think I think the standard thing that you'll hear in church is Nahum. Okay. Um,
0: I but, mean, I won't hear it in church.
1: Yeah. Kind of like, uh, remember when we had uh Chris Stroop on and he talked about Ehud, okay, but he said that they learned it Ehud. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same with Nahum, uh, it's another minor prophet. Mm -hmm. We are well, you uh,
0: don't have to call him it, it's he
1: is another minor prophet. He is another
0: minor prophet. He was. RIP Nahum,
1: (laughs) we're mired in the minor prophets. Um, and so of course, nothing is in chronological order for some reason. So, at this point in time, the northern kingdom of Israel has been destroyed by Assyria.
0: Okay. Which Syria?
1: B- uh, you know, one of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, the
0: and other s- jokes like that is why you tune in. <laughs> Accept your punishment, listeners.
1: SMH, baby. <laughs> the southern kingdom of Judah has not yet been taken over by Babylon. Okay. So we're in between the two exiles. Mm -hmm. And Nahum is from a town called El-Kosh. He is an El-Koshite.
0: Okay. um,
1: Which is likely the town that is still called Al-Kosh. Okay. Which is in modern-day Iraq. Hmm. Interesting. Um, And it is apparently now a Christian town and one of the few places in the world that still speaks Aramaic. Oh. According to some Catholic propaganda site that was uh, cited on Wikipedia. (laughs)
0: Great research, baby.
1: Um, And this whole book is Nahum's prophecy about the city of Nineveh. Right. Uh, As you may remember from our Jonah episode, Nineveh was the capital of Assyria.
0: Mm -hmm. The Assyrian Empire.
1: Which at this point has destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel. Okay. And um, it is also in what is now modern-day Iraq, um, just across the river from Mosul, Mm -hmm. actually. Um, And it is right near Al-Khosh, which is why that's probably – it's probably referring to that place. Um, And it was actually the biggest city in the world at the time. Really? Yes. Um, As you may also remember from our Jonah episode, God sent Jonah to preach to the Ninevites. Jonah didn't want to, et cetera, et cetera. When he finally (laughs) did – He said the city would be destroyed for its sin in 40 Uh days. But the Ninevites actually repented in one day, which made Jonah mad. And then the story ended with God being like.
0: But God forgave the Ninevites.
1: Yeah. And he was like, grow up, Jonah. I care about everyone, including the Ninevites. Well, things are about to change in this little sequel.
0: My understanding is that since the chronological order is screwed up. There's actually going to be a later book that is also a prophecy on the downfall of Nineveh that happens before this one.
1: Either way, this is clearly coming after Jonah. Right. And uh, Nahum is also foretelling doom for the Ninevites. But this time God is not making him sit under a vine with a worm. Instead, he is. What was that worm's name? Percy? Uh Yeah, I think it was yeah. Percy. Percy, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. worm,
0: Sullivan. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: And now he's going to, God's going to destroy the freaking heck out of Nineveh. And this did, this did happen. Historically, Nineveh was destroyed in 612 BC mm. when all the other nations around it all ganged up. I guess they had all been like conquered by Assyria at mm-hmm. some point and they all wanted revenge.
0: It's a classic story.
1: So they all ganged up and attacked Nineveh together. And uh, I guess Nahum was just watching it like, yeah. <laughs>
0: watching those chickens come home to roost. Yeah. If you know what I'm talking about.
1: So. He's sad to see him
0: leave. <laughs> Happy to see him walk away. <laughs> right? Something along those lines. Is
1: that how people watch chickens? Is that how you watch chickens?
0: If they're going home to roost and the chickens and the roost is f- away from you, uh-huh. then huh we start to talk about chapter one uh-huh. of Nahum.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, Chapter one. I don't know if you know this, but uh, the Lord's real powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, his way is in the whirlwind and the storm. And uh, clouds are the dust of his feet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: His wrath is poured out like fire. The rocks are shattered before him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And guess who he's pouring his wrath out on today?
0: Uh, Nineveh?
1: Fucking Nineveh! Yes,
0: it's the Assyrians.
1: Because they worship idols, Mm -hmm. and also they destroyed Israel. That was kind of God's will anyway, so like, what the fuck is he mad
0: about? Well, it's interesting that we're now seeing the culmination of this prophecy that has been, we've actually seen before several times. Yeah. Whenever anyone would prophecy doom, and they were talking about the Assyrian exile as opposed to the Babylonian exile, Mm -hmm. a key component of it would be at the end, where it said, oh, but don't. Forget Mm -hmm. that God will come for the conquerors as well. Yeah. It's just that he's using them as an instrument now, and then he'll get to them later, I guess.
1: But he never really got to the northern kingdom of Israel because Assyria permanently destroyed it, and the tribes that were living there became known as the Ten Lost tribes. Right. So that didn't exactly work out.
0: No, but God still did follow up with the destroyers of that kingdom. That's
1: true. He did, yeah. God can really be relied upon to, like— come through with his promises to destroy.
0: Mm-hmm. To rebuild, it's the rebuilding that, not so much. It's the but the destruction, through, right. yeah, he's mm-hmm. got that on lock. Yeah. Interestingly, that chapter one ends with uh, lines that say, Look on the mountains, the feet of one who brings good tidings, who proclaims peace. Celebrate your festivals, O Judah. Fulfill your vows, for never again shall the wicked invade you. They are utterly cut off. And he's talking to Judah here, right? Mm-hmm. Which was not the kingdom that was actually destroyed by
1: Right. The but Assyrians. it was but it was their brethren.
0: Right. So I, I mean, mean
1: th- even though there had been wars between Israel and Judah.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and also like who even knows what their actual brethren were like. This is all just reconstructed after the fact.
0: And this is supposed to be a prophecy that the wicked shall never invade you Judah, but that's not true because after the Assyrians are destroyed, the Babylonians will yes, actually invade and destroy. That's true. Judah. But the
1: Assyrians never invade Judah.
0: That's true, but does he consider— The, the...
1: Assyrians never invade <laughs> Judah.
0: That's true. And he does say just the... the— Assyrians
1: never invade Judah.
0: I was trying to agree with you. <laughs> oh, okay, cool okay, okay. God. It says, for never again shall the wicked invade you. But of course, as we remember, God considered the Babylonian king a follower of the of the true God, like a, a messiah type. No, well, he was... considered
1: the Persian king a messiah Oh, type yeah, thank you. For overthrowing the Babylonian king.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: So, get it together.
0: I'm sorry. So in the end, you were wrong. <laughs> Chapter two
1: <laughs>
0: begins with an exhortation to gird up your loins. Gird
1: up your loins. Do you know what that means?
0: Like physically? Do you know what it means to gird one's loins? Gird up one's loins?
1: I mean, I assume it means to like put on armor to protect one's one's netherly bits.
0: In a way it does. I actually looked it up. Okay. And I found like a six panel uh, little coin car- Loin
1: girding instruction? A mm-hmm, little cartoon, cartoon? about
0: how, how to gird oneself up. Um, so basically what you do is you grab your tunic. So you have like a free hanging tunic.
1: Oh, I'm grabbing my tunic already. And yeah.
0: Okay. Well, just cool it. <laughs> okay. This is a family podcast. Um, you gather your tunic in, in the front. Okay. Okay. So you gather up all the free stuff and okay. and, and pull it up. This is a free hanging tunic. You're free okay. balling down there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm not, but. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the hanging gardens of Babylon down there. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, you gather your tunic and then you. Mm-hmm tuck it up on in there like a diaper like okay. you, you slide all the extra material through your legs okay. like out the other side so you got like a diaper under there okay now you have a big thing of of extra fabric at the back okay kind of, <laughs> and you split that in half and you grab each end and you pull it around the middle uh, uh, uh front side uh-huh. <laughs> you, you, you pull it you pull it background front wise and then uh-huh. you like give it a like a real nodding up you know like, the, do the old Nodding Hill, if you know what I'm talking okay. about. Okay. <laughs> so then you've made yourself... Then like, you've girded your loins. You've made yourself like a shirt diaper. Yeah, and girded up your loins.
1: Now, there's no armor?
0: Uh, No. I mean, but the thing is...
1: It's just like an ancient jock strap.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Because if you're if you're freeballing like that... Uh-huh. If you're... If you're if, flipping and flopping. Yeah, if you're flying with no autopilot, if yeah. you know what I'm talking about, yeah. then it's difficult to run. Okay. For example, when Elijah had to outrun... The chariot of Ahab to get to Jezebel. Uh-huh. He girded up his loins.
1: He girded up his loins. Because you
0: know he can't run faster than no chariot okay. when, when the little prophet is flopping around okay. down there.
1: Okay. So it's like a sports bra. Yeah, it's like a sports diaper. But, but for but your Made balls. out of a shirt. Okay. I get it. You got it? Yeah. Okay. I, so yeah, okay. That's is that why men wear jock straps? I don't know what a jock strap is.
0: <laughs> then I'm not gonna answer that question. Because I don't think you're gonna be able to to process it, use that information wisely. I
1: mean, I don't even know. Educate
0: yourself before you question. Okay,
1: <laughs> I don't even know. Grow what's a dick going and strap it there. up. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. <laughs> I'll grow a dick and strap it up. Uh, we get some some good descriptions of the sacking of Nineveh.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very. I would I would describe it almost as as impressionistic. Impressionistic. Yeah, the the way that the the poet sets the scene. The chariots race madly through the streets, they rush to and fro through the squares, their appearance is like torches, they dart like lightning. It's a movement and light and it's a Mm -hmm. creates a Mm -hmm. a real setting.
1: Creates a soundscape.
0: Yeah, like a sound zone, Um, like we're flying through the sound.
1: I wrote down, the river gates are thrown open and the palace collapses. It is decreed that Nineveh be exiled and carried away. Her female slaves moan like doves and beat on their breasts. Nineveh is like a pool whose water is draining away. Stop, stop, they cry, but no one turns back. Mm -hmm. Plunder the silver, plunder the gold. The supply is endless, the wealth from all its treasures. She is pillaged, plundered, stripped. Uh, Also, after that, it says, like, uh, it has a thing about like the lion. It's like a metaphor about lion.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be like an ironic, like sardonic dig yeah, on, on Nineveh.
1: Yeah, and then it says like uh, the lion killed enough for his cubs and strangled the prey for his mate. No, he didn't. That's right. It's the other way around.
0: I read this and I get upset because I'm like... The
1: lionesses do the hunting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The lionesses do the hunting. Do they ever watch any lions? Like it's not like...
0: That's but, also my question. It's
1: not like... 2000 years ago, it was different, and the lions, unless
0: I was thinking because there used to be European lions a long time ago.
1: Do you think the lions got feminism <laughs> in the past 2000 years? Uh, maybe. Do you think there's like male lions' rights activists and they're like, We used to be glorious, we used to do the hunting, now everything is feminized, and women do all the hunting?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with a yeah on that.
1: That seems plausible, right? Mm-hmm
0: i mean likely do you know what i also read when what? i was looking up lion stuff what?
1: You, you were know? looking up lion stuff yeah a
0: little bit <laughs> a little bit okay you know how we do okay um you know what the you know the mane is for right no so the mane has a has like a survival purpose or like a fit, oh so people can't purpose. bite their neck that's right
1: yeah, yeah. but it's i only... mean so other lions can't bite their that's neck, right not it's... people people wouldn't try to bite their neck that would be foolish
0: unless <laughs> <laughs> no but it's, yeah it's evolved specifically to help in lion on lion action yeah and not that kind of action Sometimes that kind probably of probably a little bit of that, yeah. Cats are gross.
1: Nature's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Back in the old days, when lions were lions, mm-hmm. before the lionesses took everything away from them and made them all into cucks.
0: <laughs> well, they are called betas. What? The the less dominant lions.
1: Oh, I thought you meant all lions. I thought you meant that like lionesses are considered the alphas. No. Oh, okay. But they should be. We're just projecting our stupid human shit onto them right
0: i mean yeah but that's what we do that's what you're doing
1: by saying the lions got feminism no that was a joke (laughs) (laughs) if actual biologists call the lions alphas maybe we're just projecting you know because the lionesses are the ones that that do all the work so maybe they're actually the alphas
0: maybe they are we'll never know did you
1: know hyenas (laughs) The females are dominant and they have huge clitorises that are like as big as penises. I did know that. And also they give birth through the clitoris. What?
0: I didn't know that.
1: They give birth through the penis clitoris. What? Yeah. Isn't that fucked up?
0: That's super fucked up.
1: Anyway, chapter three. uh,
0: Hyenas are in the Bible. Where? They've shown up a couple times.
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. I probably talked about their clitorises before.
0: Probably. You can't (laughs) shut up about it. (laughs) Christ.
1: We're not at Christ yet. Um, so, yeah, some more, some more uh, gory details of Nineveh's destruction, but now we're going to get real misogynistic with it. Um, Before we do
0: that, though, there's some more impressionism. You know?
1: Oh, what, what kind of impressions you got to You got
0: the me. crack of whip and rumble of wheel, galloping horse and bounding chariot, flashing sword and glittering spear, piles of dead, heaps of corpses, dead bodies without end, they stumble over the bodies.
1: Wow. I feel like I skimmed over that part.
0: (laughs) I feel like you did. I feel like you are doing a bad job.
1: It's like pretty bad situation in Nineveh right now. (laughs) It's like not that fun. No, it's not funny. It's not like really very chill. The vibes are like not very chill. Uh, I wrote down, I am against you, declares the Lord Almighty. I will lift your skirts over your face. I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdoms your shame. I will pelt you with filth. I will treat you with contempt and make you a spectacle
0: classic example of the prophet enjoying his job too much Here, projecting all of his gross shit
1: do we have to (laughs) so someone made
0: filth someone made the choice back then to to be like let's get all of this women hating shit into our religion do you think it was just one dude no i mean it was everybody right uh, pelting filth (laughs) you think that's too specific for everybody yeah i think that's one dude that's one dude yeah It's just a series of dudes who are really
1: like, yeah, yeah,
0: like working out
1: their own problems. Yeah,
0: of which there are many.
1: It's like we're not monkeys, we don't need to, you know, like throwing stones is bad enough. Do we need to add insult to injury? It's a good point. It's like a pretty aggro, I just don't think it's necessary. I would
0: agree that it's pretty aggro and not chill.
1: (laughs) Uh, interestingly, zero, there's a slam on Nineveh specifically for being the biggest city in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, it says, you've increased the number of your merchants till they are more than the stars of the sky. But like locusts, they strip the land and then fly away. Mm. Your guards are like locusts. Your officials like swarms of locusts. But when the sun appears, they fly away and no one knows where. So first of all, cool it with the locusts. We get in mine, like locusts. In
0: mine, some are compared to locusts and some to grasshoppers.
1: Yeah, I actually cut out all the grasshoppers. Like there was even more that I didn't write down.
0: Mm. Well, you edited it and then... Got angry at them for including too many locusts? Well, I
1: just no, I just like I what I've included is only a small sampling of the locusts and grasshoppers that they mentioned. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's only like half of it. Mm-hmm. And it's already too much.
0: Mm-hmm. So you use biased statistics to try what and I'm prove
1: saying what well, my point is is that they've become like too modern, right? Like they've mm-hmm. got like a they've got like capitalism, they've got bureaucracy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and God's like, Nope, shut it down.
0: They got population pressure. When everybody comes to the big city from wherever they're from, they can go back to where they're from. Mm-hmm. You know? The city grew too fast. I guess. It's a tale as old as time. Okay. And it's a...
1: People returning to rural areas from
0: urban areas is a tale as old as time? It's a tile as old as tame.
1: Hmm. A tame tile, you say? Mm-hmm.
0: The tamest. <laughs> Also, in this section, I really enjoy the line: "All your fortresses are like fig trees with mm-hmm. first ripe figs. If shaken, they fall into the mouth of the eater."
1: How many of those fig boys are nasty, though? No, these are fresh figs. <laughs>
0: this this fortress is just packed full of fresh <laughs> figs—metaphorical <laughs> figs, of course.
1: There's no nasty boys in there.
0: Well, there are nasty boys in there, but they're not figs.
1: They're eating the figs.
0: No, there are no figs. I mean, it's a it's a metaphor. Oh, for it's the a fortress. metaphor. The fortress is a fig tree. The
1: fortress is a fig tree.
0: And your body is a wonderland. Okay. And this is America.
1: The green light is the American dream. hmm The ring is the American dream.
0: The whale is nature. Uh, rosebud is his childhood.
1: The ship is predestination.
0: <laughs> and there are no nasty fig boys in this
1: okay. story. Do you have anything else to say?
0: The thing I like about the way this prophecy ends is you don't see too often in the Bible so far the moment when Israel gets to gloat over the mm-hmm. over the fall of an enemy. That's true. Every once in a while it happens. Yeah. But not too often. Like
1: happened for a while, like back in the very beginning when they were like conquering Canaan.
0: But that was a little fraught. Yeah. I mean, like, it was still definitely fraught. Because like they were doing it because they had no land. Yeah. And they were like, we need some. For sure. And honestly, even if they were gloating over it, it would be difficult to really get on their side because – uh, that yeah, was a little weird. showing up at other people's yeah, houses little... and wiping them out. But in this case... It was problematic. I agree. I agree. She's so angry.
1: I'm steaming mad mm. about problems. <laughs> These Israelites, they're all theory and no praxis. Praxis. Yeah. That's how you say practice if you're fancy.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I want to be a fancy man. <laughs> But at the, end of this, at the end of this prophecy, they're very happy to see the, see the downfall of their enemies. Your people are scattered on the mountains with no one to gather them. There is no assuaging your hurt. Your wound is mortal. All who hear the news about you clap their hands over you. For who has ever escaped your endless cruelty?
1: Clap your hands. Mm-hmm.
0: And so they get to see, they live to see a moment when a, a longtime enemy is brought low.
1: What I want to know is what does this mean about Jonah? Good because, question. Okay, so like to uh, to refresh everybody's memory, Jonah said that Nineveh would be destroyed in 40 days because of its wickedness. Um, and instead, all the Ninevites immediately repented. And Jonah still went to the outskirts of the city to watch and wait for their doom to come. And God was like, please chill your nards. Mm-hmm. So does this ultimately validate Jonah? like? Because he was right, but the timeline was just a little off? Mm. Or does this show how far God will go to troll Jonah? <laughs> like, even after his death, like, oh, you thought you could run away from me? Well, first, you're going to get at by a whale.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Second, your prophecy isn't going to come true. And
0: it popped right out that blowhole.
1: Third, just kidding, your prophecy is going to come true, but only after you're gone. Because I was going to make it come true the whole time. I just didn't want to give you the satisfaction of seeing that because I wanted you to suffer and think that I love the Ninevites more than my chosen people. I don't love the Ninevites. I hate the Ninevites. <laughs> I just wanted you specifically to think that so I could mess with you because you tried to disobey me. Mm. Do you think which, which of those options seems I, more realistic to you?
0: I mean, it honestly seems more – I mean, he – is it trolling really? Uh, he's trying to teach Jonah a lesson. Like being like, you know, I respect forgiveness among Jews and and non-Jews alike. Is
1: that really the lesson, though, if he's going to destroy Nineveh later? Or is the lesson you better fucking obey
0: what I say? Hmm. That's a good point. I mean, it's it's unclear because Jonah seems so unfinished. You know, there could be there could be the end that speech could have ended. You know, the one where he asks him, like, don't I care for all people? Like my job is taking care of all the animals and people in the world. Um, but, and he says, but don't you think I also have a plan? Like, do you think I would have spared Nineveh now if I didn't understand what I was doing later? I don't know. I don't know. I think it validates Jonah.
1: I think God is trolling him. I think, I think Jonah has to be thrown out now.
0: Mm. You you think so? (laughs) But I mean, he, but. No,
1: I think I'd rather throw Nahum out. At least Jonah was a good story. (laughs) Yeah.
0: On that subject, that is throwing things out. Um, we're going to toss out the last half hour of recording. Okay. And start back <laughs> over start, fresh.
1: Start fresh. We'll mm-hmm. do it good this time. Yep.
0: This is all scratch. Um, so we'll see you when we come back from break. There's going to be a special quiz, and we're going to keep talking about Nahum for the first time.
1: Of course. Is there more wine?
0: <laughs> of course, this is scratch, so... I'll, I'm happy to answer your non-show related questions on mic. Yes, there's a little bit more. Oh, thank God. OK, we're going to see you in about a minute. So just listen to some music and then it's going to start all over from scratch. And we're certainly not going to keep any of this. OK,
1: bye. OK, Bye. <laughs> To Sunday School Dropouts. Thank I'm, you. <laughs> I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we are talking about the book of Nahum or Nahum. Yeah,
0: now we have dispensed with the scriptural portion of the show.
1: Yeah, we already finished all the text because it was only a couple pages long. And uh, now we need something to finish the rest of the episode. Yeah. So, first, we're going to check in with the Skateboard Scorpion Bible, which I think we've pretty much decided is a skateboard
0: crab Bible. <laughs> you sound so upset why is it a crab well hmm, I mean the crab is is uh, cancer right Hmm. Uh, that doesn't help at all that um, only makes it worse scorpion would be scorpio of course hmm you know this...
1: <laughs> the stars can't help us now astrology has proved useless still
0: not is there any hope if the stars can't help us
1: I believe Jill- that a call-out from the boys' Bible, your ultimate manual, can show us the way okay. in the darkness.
0: Speaking of astronomy. <laughs>
1: uh, Astrology. Well,
0: you'll see. Back, okay. This call-out is called Back to the Black Hole. All
1: right.
0: So it's about approaching an event horizon. My God, it's full of stars, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you get, like, stretched out or mm-hmm. something. Uh, you, like, pluck out your own eyeballs in that Yeah, you probably that like, travel
1: through time. get to I hang, hang out with
0: Sam Neill, though. Oh, sweet. I'm sure he's very charming in person. The Assyrians were notoriously cruel, says the boy's Bible. True. They were so wicked that if you could go back in time and video them in action, your footage wouldn't be allowed on public television. Whoa. Public television? (laughs) Actually, that sounds like a pretty good PBS
1: documentary. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. Time traveling? Yeah. To Assyria? That's a hot story. Yeah. Uh, God loved them enough to warn them, but Nineveh Assyria's capital, had its last chance with Jonah. They temporarily repented, but pretty soon they went back to the black hole they'd been in. By Nahum's day, there was no more Jonah. Dot, dot, dot. Just judgment. (laughs) Okay. Nahum gave prophecies of exactly how Nineveh would fall, with a flood that opened the walls for an attacking enemy. And that's how it happened.
1: That's what my uh, Bible scholarly notes also said.
0: (laughs) There was a real flood. My scholarly notes said that the fortress and city was likely destroyed by a fire it
1: was a flood mm-hmm. it says that in other texts sure, shut up
0: if you've mucked a up flood. mucked up mm-hmm. repent like nineveh did yes but then go on from there and make a commitment to change your life repentance is just the first step the rest is showing proof of the repentance and changing your life mm. around
1: hmm.
0: back to the black hole so
1: you're telling me that even though i dress my goat in sackcloth mm-hmm. it might not be enough
0: well it's it's not about what that goat does on that day okay it's about okay it's about what you teach that goat
1: so just dress all goats goats in sackcloth forever
0: no 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 oh. if you dress a goat he'll be forgiven today okay but if you teach a goat to dress himself uh-huh he'll be forgiven forever
1: oh okay okay
0: okay think about that
1: just putting him on a skateboard help it might okay
0: if he's got somewhere to be Okay. As long as he's wearing a helmet.
1: Oh, yeah, that's important.
0: Don't want your goat to get a ticket. No. Dress your goats in corduroy and
1: <laughs> Done and done. Uh, we also have a quiz to pad this episode out. <laughs> Don't
0: call it padding <laughs> when it so obviously is. Because what, what we're doing is we're having fun. <laughs> Bible time. Everybody talk bibble. And get down tonight, okay? Everybody b- babble about bibble. Mm-hmm. We bibble about babble all the different ways. Okay.
1: <laughs> Are you ready for your
0: quiz? For, oh, should I gird my loins? Uh, I don't think you're going to have
1: to do a lot of running. Can you gird your mind's loins?
0: <laughs> my mind loins. The loins of my mind. What yes, I What you got can. on your mind grapes? Okay. Um, so here's what I'm doing it, with my mind. I am grabbing... My brain tunic. I'm gra- oh, bunching yeah. up the front of my brain tunic. Uh huh. Go okay. on. Go I'm on. Pulling it all up, like off of my brain legs, <laughs> and then I'm tucking, I'm tucking that right up on. Okay.
1: Okay. Enough. I'm back. Question number one. Talking about the book of Nahum.
0: Do I need graph paper or anything? Can I use a calculator?
1: <laughs> you can use a calculator. It won't help you. Can I play Snake? We're talking about a solid Snake.
0: Metal Gear.
1: <laughs> snake. Snake. Snake! We're talking about the fucking book of Nahum. <sighs> okay. okay. Nahum is sometimes abbreviated as NA. NA is also the abbrevi- abbreviation for the element sodium. Okay. Although sodium is the sixth most common element, it does not occur on its own in nature. It's only found in compounds. Okay. Who was the first person to isolate sodium? Ooh, okay. A. Humbert III, Count of Savoy. B, Sir Humphrey Davy, or C, Lord Milton Humberstone.
0: A couple of humbros, huh? Mm-hmm.
1: Nay hum. Get it?
0: Oh my, you're doing great. N a h u m. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with Count Fancy Pants. Of, of uh, there Savoy. were like three Count Fancy Pants. <laughs> the, the fellow from Savoy. Savoy. Yeah.
1: Uh, incorrect. Okay. The correct answer is Sir Humphrey Davy. Oh, nice. Speaking of Humphrey Davies. Humphrey Davies is a prominent Arabic-English translator. Okay. He has translated 18 works from Arabic to English, including Allah al-Aswani's The Yakubian Building, which was in your car for like five years.
0: Yes, it was. Good book.
1: He also translated the novel Thebes at War Hmm. by which Arabic language author? A. Elias Khouri, or Khouri. B. Naguib Mahfouz. Or C, Gamal al Gitani.
0: Is is that a book by
1: Al-Ghitaani? Is that your guess? Yes. I'm afraid you're wrong. The answer was Naguib Mahfouz. I started it with N.A. to give you a little hint. Oh,
0: you are so smart. This is such a good quiz. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Question number three. You invested... You were much more careful than I was with my bullshit. (laughs) Your
1: bullshit tricked me on every single question.
0: I know, but you're you're breadcrumbing me here. I should just – okay. You know what my mistake is? I'm playing the game. I'm not playing the player.
1: I'm not (sighs) a player. I just crush a lot. (laughs) So the book of Nahum is about Nineveh, the city of Nineveh. The first half of which spells out N-I-N-E or nine. The Nine Years' War, also called the War of the Grand Alliance, was a major conflict at the end of the 17th century between Louis XIV of France and a Grand Alliance, hence the name, of several other European powers. Which of the following was not part of that alliance? This
0: is the end of which century? Sorry. 17. Thank you.
1: So it's it's like in the 1690s. Which of the following was not part of the alliance against King Louis XIV of France? A, the Holy Roman Empire. B, Portugal. C, Savoy.
0: Was not part of the alliance against him.
1: Mm -hmm. Which one was not?
0: Okay, okay, let me think, let me think. think. So So Savoy is a duchy, I think in the southeast of France. You would expect Savoy to be allied with France unless it had some some concern and it had it allied itself with the Holy Roman Empire just to the east of France, of course. Portugal was another Catholic monarchy, uh, longstanding alliance with England, but I don't know how they would be involved in that. Maybe the Holy Roman Empire would involve them to uh, bolster their <laughs> naval power because of course, we should take this really seriously. <laughs> um, Savoy was not part of the Grand Alliance.
1: Incorrect. Savoy was <laughs> shit. It was Portugal that was not.
0: Mm, Portugal see, was just not involved in this war. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, that's why I thought it would be. A, a,
1: but Spain was, oh, okay. and Britain was. Spain and Britain and Savoy and the Holy Roman Empire and Austria and a bunch of other places yeah. were all part of the Grand Alliance.
0: Trying to uh, contain the Great Blue Blob.
1: That's France.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that like the Pacific? Garbage Blob?
0: It's a lot like the Pacific Garbage Patch. Pacific Garbage Patch.
1: Oh, the Pacific Garbage Patch, kids.
0: <laughs> the Pacific Parbage Patch.
1: Uh, so question number four, there was actually another Nine Years' War. Oh, really? At the beginning of the 17th century. Lay it on me. This one in Ireland. Okay. In which forces led by Hugh O'Neill fought against the expansion of English rule in the province of Ulster.
0: Spelled the right way or the wrong way?
1: Spelled the wrong way, because okay. I think mine is like an Ellis Island deal. Okay. Uh, so mine's probably technically the wrong way, but it's right in so, my mind.
0: Everything is right about you, my dear.
1: So Hugh O'Neill was fighting against the expansion of English rule in the province of Ulster, which is where my O'Neill ancestors came from. Okay, So he might be related to me.
0: That's why you have the red f- red fist on your flag, right? Yes, the red hand. Mm-hmm.
1: The red hand of Ireland. Uh, which county within Ulster was O'Neill from?
0: Okay, this is Hugh O'Neill. Yes.
1: Okay. This is uh, to get revenge on you for your <laughs> for your English counties in the last episode. A, Tyrone, B, Antrim, or C, Derry?
0: Tyrone. Ah! You got it right! Yeah. How'd you know? Um, guessing? Tyrone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So you've got one right. So you've already beat me.
0: <sighs> what a relief.
1: But there's one more question. Mm-hmm. The last half of the word Nineveh is, of course, the VEh okay already did the nine part now well, we're doing it's not the really vup. half but would you just let me give my fucking quiz? <laughs> As a soccer fan, okay you, Nico may have heard of the German former midfielder and current manager Armin Ve VEh.
0: Uh-huh
1: Is that how you say it?
0: Yeah, uh, well, I don't know how you say it. okay, he's not famous, but
1: okay. from which Bundesliga team was he fired? Earlier this year. Vay okay. A, VFB Stuttgart, Mm -hmm. B, FC Nürnberg, or C, Eintracht Frankfurt.
0: I really want to say Stuttgart. I think it is. I think it's Stuttgart.
1: It's Frankfurt. Ah, Your final score is one out of five. Super pathetic, but you still beat me.
0: Oh, well, great work, baby. Also,
1: your fake answers were way better than my fake answers. I got to give you props for that.
0: No, but those were all total. I mean, those were real answers.
1: Yeah, that's because I used all real answers. I didn't make anything up. Like nothing that I would make up would approach the amazingness of El Viento Rubio. (laughs) (laughs) I just was like, hmm, what are some other German teams?
0: Oh, that's very sweet, my dear.
1: So all that remains is to rate this book.
0: That's true. You know what? I've asked you Many times. I've al- I'm always throwing out that first question, mm-hmm. asking you how you'd write this book. Mm-hmm. And I really don't, you know, I don't feel like it's fair to, for me to put that pressure on you every time. I think I'm going to volunteer to go first this time.
1: Are you like doing your lion thing right now? Like
0: am I doing the, the lion thing like took over
1: all our rights? I don't know. Men needs to take their rights back. What? that? Remember when we used to do all the hunting? We hunted the mammoth. We were real lions
0: back then. Can I just say no?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. Uh, what do you rate this book?
0: I will give this book two out of five girded up loins. All right. Because, you know what? That's not fair. I'm going to bump it up to three. Wow. Because I haven't even given my reasons yet. Okay. I'm going to bump it up to three. Three out of five. All right. Uh, because... Do loins come in pairs, though? Well, traditionally, yes. So you're like... Well, no, they come in sets.
1: Do do you think this is like two and a half men's worth of loins if you give three?
0: Two and a half men, like Charlie Sheen, the kid.
1: Yeah, Charlie Sheen, the kid, and the other guy, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) To answer your previous question about loins, they don't actually come in twos. Okay. So uh, loins uh, loins is just the set, the whole conflagration down there, conflagration.
1: Conflagration? It's on fire?
0: I mean, if it is... Definitely ask your doctor. Definitely
1: gotta gird it.
0: <laughs> First step, gird it up.
1: Okay. <laughs> Make yourself
0: a shirt diaper and then run to your doctor. Okay.
1: All right. Three out of five girded loins.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I, yeah, I like the poetry. Mm-hmm. I like the way it uses, you know, these images or like sort of fleeting glimpses of things or sounds or, or brief sights to set the scene of a of a city under siege, if I may alliterate. <laughs> I also like its brevity. It's got a classic one, two, three punch, you mm-hmm. know, where it sets it up. Chapter
1: one, chapter two, and chapter three. Mm-hmm.
0: Sets it up and then it knocks it down. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, Bowling. It's also quite brief, which I appreciate, because uh, some of these prophecies against
1: uh, foreign nations, foreign nations can, they, be, can, yeah. can really drone on. Yeah, they and do.
0: we've read a lot of them. Yeah. On the other hand, not especially original. I do like that it's. I like that we get to see the Israelites uh, get one over on one of their enemies. Uh-huh. Um, for once. For once and enjoy it. But it doesn't really have much of spiritual value yeah. in it. Yeah. As far as I can tell. Yeah. Uh, except, you know, some of the same lessons that we've been taught before. And yeah, that's it.
1: I was actually going to give it six out of ten moaning slave girls, mm-hmm. which is exactly the same as three out of 5 mm-hmm for much the same reasons i did like the poetry uh but you know <laughs> i i'm not like super interested in like mm-hmm. oh this ancient city that we don't like is being militarily destroyed it's just like not super relevant to my life
0: that's true that's true luckily luckily for you
1: yeah well for now mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see what happens yeah So that's our ratings. Our ratings are the same for pretty much the same reasons.
0: Yeah. We're doing great.
1: We're on a wavelength. (laughs) That wavelength? Taking us straight to hell.
0: That's right. Let's do some listener mail.
1: All right. Uh, Well, first of all, I want to mention that um, a listener by the name of Travis has started a subreddit for the show. So if you go to, you know, like r slash Sunday School Dropouts... However, you're supposed to say that out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reddit.com slash r slash Sunday School Dropouts. Uh, you will find a subreddit for the show. We do not plan to look at it because uh, we're scared of Reddit. Oh, I'm scared of Reddit. But
0: also it's like that thing where like you want to throw a party, but and your parents are like, yeah, it'll be fun. You you should throw a party. We'll we'll just like help out. Yeah, we'll, like, we don't want to be like chaperones. Yeah, we're not going to. So it's yeah. like you can talk because we won't be there.
1: Yeah. We also have some animals. To curse and or bless. Mm -hmm. Um, Pet animals. Yeah. So uh, our listener, Jamie, sent in a picture of his dog, Brody, whom he labels the best boy. (laughs) Um, He says he's an average sized dog, but with the shortest legs in the world. So he's very big and also very small at the same time. This is true. He is clearly a corgi mix uh corgi mixed with i don't know like a probably like a labrador retriever or something mm-hmm. corgi mixes are the most amazing dogs because they're all corgi shaped but then with the rest of the physical attributes of whatever the other breed is mm-hmm. uh we also have from listener at by heroes uh slash queers in space uh the best twitter display name i've ever seen mm-hmm. uh two two little mutts named lily and shasta uh we gotta bless these dogs
0: To you, Brody, Lily, and Shasta, I say, although they have allies and are numerous, they will be cut off and pass away. Although I have afflicted you, oh, Brody, Lily, and Shasta, (laughs) I will afflict you no more. Now I will break their yoke from your neck and tear your shackles away. Nice.
1: Uh, Our listener, Becky, also sent in a picture of a cat and a dog. The cat is a little tabby named Scout who is looking very evil. Mm And the dog is, I don't know, some sort of poodle terrier mix,
0: maybe. He him um, very happy.
1: Very happy looking. Mm-hmm. This could not be a clearer illustration of why cats need curses and dogs need blessings.
0: Because yeah. he, he a good boy, uh, <laughs> look very good.
1: And she a bad cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to scout, I say, I will prepare your grave for you are vile.
0: <laughs> Jesus and to Hap? That's somebody's pet, baby.
1: I say, celebrate your festivals, oh Hap, and fulfill your vows. No more will the wicked invade you. That's right, I'm talking about Scout. What I'm doing is I'm blessing him so that Scout can't get at
0: him anymore. Mm-hmm. And
1: know she torments him. Cats always torment dogs.
0: That's true. Even though dogs might not even understand it as torment.
1: They just want to play. Mm-hmm. They're so innocent.
0: They're like, my friend is really bad at playing. Yeah! <laughs>
1: That looks like exactly the dynamic in these two pictures. My friend is really bad at playing.
0: And with that, another episode of Sunday School Dropouts comes to a close. This is the time when we tell you that you can follow us on Twitter at Drop.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill. O'Neill spelled some weird Ellis Island way. O-N-E-A-L like Shaquille spells it.
0: You can also find us on Facebook by looking for Sunday School Dropouts. A lot of people have been leaving us likes and I want to say thank you for that.
1: a lot of people have also been leaving us reviews on iTunes and if we get to a hundred of them we will force Nico to go on Twitter against his will. Uh, But one of our reviews did say, this is from our listener Dinah, please do not count this towards Nico's bullied Twitter quota. Twitter is the worst. And uh, Dinah is smart. She gave us 636 out of 636 good years or years of a good man's life. And also... She said, as a marriage and family therapist, I enjoy hearing the relationship dynamic between Lauren and Nico. That's right. We are therapist approved. Mm -hmm. Our relationship is fucking rad. Officially in the law. (laughs) Rad by law. Rad by
0: law. Mm -hmm. You too can be like Dinah and leave a review for us on iTunes. It's one of the best ways to help other people find the show, which is the thing that delights us most uh, above all.
1: It's true besides um,
0: you know handsome dog faces <laughs> we so do like happy. to see those smiling dogs
1: mm-hmm. and if you have any dogs or cats to send to us uh contact at sunday school dropouts.lol we will also take other emails that are not related to cats and dogs <laughs> but we won't be as happy about it if unless there's i mean maybe you could just like go on the internet and just like find a picture of a cute dog and just attach it and be like oh, whatever i don't know whose dog this is but like have a good day
0: mm-hmm. Our art and logo is by uh, Elise Carlson.
1: We always want to thank her. And uh, we also thank Nico. I also thank Nico for sound engineering and editing and uh, I don't know, all the stuff, music.
0: You're welcome as always. Uh, we will be back next week with more Minor Profits, more fun. Aren't you so excited for more Minor Profits? It's just nonstop bibble babble quattro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the ojo. <Ocho>. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: And that will do it for another episode of Sunday School Dropouts. My name is Nico. I'm Lauren. And we will see you on Sunday. Yay,
1: bye, Bye. yay. Bye.